Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where did you come from? So I'm Caitlin Brady and I come from Dublin. Dublin, whereabouts? Uh, swords. Swords, very good. So... I was at an event, you walked into the room a little bit late. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, she looks a little bit nervous, I need to go over and say hello. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was dying of nerves walking in. Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to go over and say hello because you were gorgeous. And like, you are gorgeous. And I walked in and like, I know those events can be really hard. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, see, seeing big people, that big followings and they're all not clicky, but they have their own crowds and everything like that. So when I seen you walk in and I could see you were nervous and then you were like, I think your boyfriend was outside. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bring him in. Like if, as, if, as if it was my event. No, I was no. like, bring him in. <laughs> I was delighted you did though because I was yeah. absolutely a ball of nerves. That was the first event I went to in like years. Oh, do you really? know that way? Yeah. Oh, so, and you know what? I always say this to Bev, um, the unlikely stylist. I always say to her, like, I would hate to walk into a room and no one talk to me. So yeah. I always make sure that if I see someone on their own, I always go, hiya, you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you made me feel so much comfortable. I was nearly looking for you because I was latching on to you then. <laughs> good, good, good. And then I'm, I started to follow you on Instagram. And your your beautiful daughter, you doing your makeup and everything. And it was just, I was like, she's someone who's really going somewhere. She's a lovely girl. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, I see... A post that you put up and I was absolutely floored because and this is the thing about Instagram we see only like windows yeah into people's lives and we don't see everything um so do you want to talk about what the post was on Instagram yeah so I posted it I think it was a reel and it was a voiceover it was a recording of how he was speaking this is my little girl's dad how he was speaking to me um someone just happened to record it which I was so happy for because they were on the phone to that person they recorded it um and basically it was just highlighting domestic violence and how you can get out of it on the other end okay from the start do you want to tell me about um him and Leah and all of that do you want to tell me where it all started from so I was living over in Canada and I just met him out randomly on a one night and we got on so well I we were like best mates before and so I thought as a mate like I could trust him do you know that way um obviously then something happened I was at a party and at the party I almost got shot because 
basically there was an altercation happened two people started fighting I just happened to be in the middle and like a bullet skinned me so um I ran upstairs hid under the bed and then I rang um the guards came or whatever and I got brought to the police station and then at the police station I asked I rang my little girl's dad to come pick me up at the time I felt like I had nobody so for him to pick up and collect me at like five in the morning I was so grateful for it Do you know that way because it was just I had no one he was the only person was this in Canada or yeah yes yeah, so I was in Canada. Canada so you're in at a back of the house party a fight breaks out yeah a gun is involved and you're nearly shot yeah and like I don't think I processed any of that like before I'd moved to Canada stuff happened to me that the read that was one of the reasons of why I moved to Canada. I just wanted to get away and have a fresh start. But I think because I wasn't healed before I went away, I was making bad choices that were bringing me bad situations. situations. Do you know mm. what I mean? Do you want to talk about what happened before? Or yeah, I mean, like it wouldn't go. I think if I think it would be a good thing to talk about in terms of if anyone else, which I know there's plenty of people that happens to. Um, I was at 16, I was groomed by my auntie's boyfriend at the time and he was like trying to get me to do things I didn't want to do and I basically was just like, I told my ma- I told my auntie and my mom after because I needed help. Um, They at the time didn't know what to do so like my family were aware but obviously I just felt like I was alone so like I just dealt with it alone I didn't go to counselling nothing was healed do you know I just dealt with it um then I had him like that guy he was a torment he literally show up at my jobs just to intimidate me and he'd stand in the middle of the road when me and my mum were driving to go out of the estate he'd stand in the middle of the road just to intimidate me do you know what I mean just in the car and he knew what he was doing but then um you must have been terrified oh no I was because like how long did it go on for it went on I couldn't tell you how long it went on for all I know it was fifth and sixth year that I was trying to get it dealt with you know and as well I felt like I was going because he was basically he had people in places and he basically told me that they'll never believe me because his dad is this person his uncles or his brother is that person do you know that way so uh, he was just like no one's gonna believe you it's, it's you against me and well he was gonna believe a 16 year old he was gonna believe a 17 year old and I was just like well okay fair <laughs> do you know like mm. I didn't think that I would so then I just didn't even go and do anything about it do you like it's weird and we'll take a second um the amount of girls, even women my age, that are now looking back on their lives and realising that they were actually being groomed yeah. at, at that age. Because the initial reaction is, in some cases, oh, you know, he's cool, he's cool, he likes me, he likes me. Yeah. And that's how they get you in. And the amount of girls now that are, like, looking back on their lives going, fuck, no, that happened 100%. to me. And, mm. like, I feel as well when you're that age... It doesn't, yeah, when you're that age, you think, you think, like, I know at that age, I mm. thought I knew everything about the world. Like, mm. no one could tell me anything. But it's only now looking back, I just wish I, like, said more. And I did more to say, like, no, you can't talk to me like that. You can't treat me like that. The man used to, like, try, he'd put, he'd try make you vulnerable, then try feed you drink to then. And I'd always say no. And he didn't like that. So then he'd get bladder drunk. And then he'd be trying to then do, he 
I'll, there was one thing that I'll never forget him saying. He turned around and was like, you need to get out. You need to get away from me quick. I'll go upstairs, lock the door or something. Because uh, he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do to you. And I remember thinking, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, i got to get upset. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't, like, don't, take your time. Yeah. Don't, don't worry, don't worry. But it's just, you know, those words, they just kind of just sit with you because you're just like, what? the fuck are you gonna do to me you know um so that was that never healed from that and then with it take your time do take your time (laughs) i I know but just take your time when like you go then like what courage did you have and how did you get the courage to go to your aunt and your mom and say this is happening i need help um i think it was do you know what it was i go I was trying not to, I was babysitting at the time, so I rather it be done to me before he would have done it to my little cousins, you know. So I was, like, it wasn't that I was happy, but I knew at least they wouldn't be. You went into protection mode. Yeah, mm. and I'm actually so protective as it is naturally, like, I'm mm. real protective of my family especially, but. Yeah, in my head it was like, you take it, because then they're not going to suffer from it, you know. I'm actually shaking. <laughs> I know. You're so brave, though. <laughs> um, and then, like, nothing really came of that. Try come against me, because it's not going to happen, you know. Mm. And that's why I never went further with it, because I just thought, it's a waste of my time. I'll probably make because he's a very good talker. He was one of them, very smooth. So, like, I thought I was young, naive, and then you have this person that's, like, really well-spoken, has a good image. It's, like, me against him, and he has a great background in the terms of his brother and his and his dad. So I just felt like it was hopeless. So I didn't... I told my aunties... I told, I told my auntie and my mum, and they done what they could to help me. But, like terms of legal wise I just couldn't go further because I'm scared if I'm honest as you would be as so many people are yeah you know as and especially with someone who has that kind of control over you because of his surrounding and his family yeah. and his support and those kind of things um it's horrific horrific at that point I thought I was okay but like He'd come in to places where I didn't even know how we got in because you'd have to have a key card and he'd come in with his new baby and this would be years later. Do you know what I mean? Just to go and intimidate you, standing outside the shop, looking in, just watching you. Like, it was just torment. It was just pure torment. Because every time he did that, he would just remind you. You'd be thinking you're getting away, you're going to work, doing your job. And then you look out and you see this asshole looking at you, making you intimidated. And I bear in mind, the man was like 36 and when I was 16. So, like, he was about old enough to know what he's doing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's more now because I have my own child where I'm like, what the hell does go through your head when you think that's Ari? And mm. I wouldn't stand for it like at all if something happened to Aaliyah, do you know? Mm. And so then that's when you are like, right, I need to get out here and I need to go to Canada or what did you decide to say? <laughs> that wasn't the worst part. <laughs> oh, really? Tell me. <laughs> it was the night of like a Conor McGregor fight um, like that. was friends with a fella for years uh, like years donkeys and then out of nowhere he I was the one that was had a few drinks he didn't he was sober and then he told me to come back to his we'll watch the Conor McGregor fight and then his parents had spare rooms or whatever I could stay there 
and then I was like yeah grand that was fine woke up and he was there on top of me like holding me down um and I was just all I remember saying was like stop like just stop and he wouldn't and then the next day I remember he texted me and was like I actually don't know I can't believe what I've done and I was like so you know what you've done and he was like yeah but I'm I can't I'm so sorry and I was just like right well that's enough like I've done I'm done so that's when I went to Canada because I just felt like I was constantly taken advantage of you know but of course you would you because you had years of that years of the grooming years of torment after it um and then you put your trust in someone else who's a friend yeah and then this happens yeah I just you know when I look back I get so frustrated because I'm like how did I not see I just get frustrated because I'm like why has it taken me so long to like realize that maybe men aren't all the same but like shit I've come across too many that are you know Mm -hmm. like it's just not fair and it's unfair that like girls have to like go through so much without really the same um we don't get the support maybe that we need I think people should be going in and like talking to in schools like getting people I know there's counsellors and stuff but even just doing talks that they can understand that these things aren't okay and not to be afraid to stand up and talk about them yeah and it is terrifying with you having Aaliyah me with my two girls and it's just like we're constantly now you know and to the point that Amelia's like stopping me and Paula like right let's stop saying this like we're like don't ever let anything anyone do that and she and even if you're in so much trouble and you think you're in so so much trouble just call mum or dad just yeah. call us because we'll be there and we won't ask questions we'll just get you and she's like will you stop saying that now <laughs> because we've gone tr- through a, a world where we are terrified now we're absolutely terrified of anything happening to our children yeah and did you report him then afterwards or did you did you just that was it that was it i yeah. just went i left the country then mm. i had enough i was just dead i was i was just over it i was over life it was either i left or i was gone you know like really? i couldn't deal with it um so then i went to canada all that kind of i was making bad choices over there as well making bad friends make you know i was doing things out of the because i was never always like that i always was so good at my choices my decisions i was always good at that but i feel i feel like getting groomed and like rape it, it, it does change it you don't make the same kind of thoughtful decisions that you would have before i was definitely self-destructive mm-hmm. and i was definitely i just didn't care about myself did you feel like you just didn't want to be here anymore? Yeah, so I don't think there wasn't much value to my life when I went to Canada at that point. And then I think that's why, because I, I was still definitely naive, and I definitely think that Leah's dad saw that because he was 20 years older than me. And obviously when you're that much older than someone, you'd be able to recognise things that that person in that time wouldn't be able to. And I definitely think he took my me naive and young to his own advantage he like I remember we, we that was the night we I kind of took him serious was when I nearly got shot um I thought that he was the one that had my back and I was like secure with that person so I wanted to give it a go um and that was fine everything was great and then it what happened was you get a punch in the nose first thing and then it would be like oh I'm so sorry but it would be an accident and like at the time I wouldn't believe it because that was the first time I felt as like lifted his hand to me do you know what I mean so tell me about that then you are 
realizing that you like he's my support network he's my blank and i think they do know that they do know and they do like what is it they pray on the vulnerable yeah because they know that so you start to go out then i didn't go out you know go, yeah. going out and dating and stuff like that and then is it at home one night were you living together what was it do you know what it was so i should have probably thought because at the beginning it was more the love bombing he was a love bombing all the time mm-hmm. in the sense like he was always doing like uh, gorgeous gifts he'd always bring you out he'd all, he'd come home and he'd be out shopping for you you know like he'd always be treating you and then at the beginning obviously you think this is amazing then he was like you know what you should quit your job and let me take care of you he was like sure you don't need to work I'm here obviously at like 22 23 that's like every girl like oh my god mm-hmm. absolutely delighted mm-hmm. life to have to work anymore so I was like yeah not a bother did you give up your job? I did. So that was the probably the worst thing I could have done because then I was completely under his control. Um, yeah, so gifts, love bombing and quitting my job was the first few things. Um, within the first two weeks, he'd said he loved me, which I was, I remember thinking at the time, that's mad because I couldn't, I'm real, like, I can't say I love someone unless I actually mm. genuinely do. Mm. So it was just a bit weird for me at that time. Um and then it wouldn't be, it wasn't that, like, he'd hit me straight away. It was, like, little things. He was quite abusive verbally, which I didn't think anything of at the time. I don't know why I didn't think anything mm. of it either. But I just was like, yeah, whatever. In what way? He'd be calling it every name of his son, like, you're a stupid crack whore. Bear in mind, I've never touched crack in my mm. life. But, mm. like, he'd nearly be drilling things in your head that you'd nearly be starting to believe it. Do you know that way? He'd be calling me like a white trash bitch. Um, do I? He'd be laughing at you like, "Are you? Do you really think you're smart?" Like, Jesus, man, what? He'd be just making a tick out of you. He loved trying to embarrass you as well. Like I remember, um, he had me go into a hotel room thinking we were going to be getting treated and it was going to be a nice little weekend away, and I seemed to realize that every time it was a hotel, it was not a good thing, because he'd bring you to a hotel, he'd do unspeakable things, and I, like, I can't even tell you, because I, I just can't, <laughs> unspeakable things, um, he'd try, he'd torture, he'd try torture you, so he'd, like, put a curler on, and then try to, like, stick it inside me, um, or he would make me, eat and then he'd be like right go make yourself sick so I'd be like he'd calling me fat all the time all the time I think I actually gained more weight when I was with him because I just felt so shit in myself I was also swollen I think that was just from the stress my face Jesus <laughs> doesn't look like the same face from like three years ago um yeah so pretty much he'd bury you all the time He'd be putting a kettle on at like three in the morning to scald you during the night. Um, he would constantly wait going to your head, going in your mouth. He'd have FaceTime and me on the ground, you know, on my hands and knees, wait going in my mouth, um, in my underwear, and he'd be just having his friends on the phone, making an absolute laugh and stuck at me. Um, and I think that's something that I find so inhumane because like if someone brought me I would not I'd be like what are you fucking doing like that is disgusting like I just I don't I don't even understand how it could be funny to see someone so distressed like 
my hair, everything. I started like just, I just started like going to shit. <laughs> like my nails, my hair was falling out. I was gaining weight. Um, my skin, everything. But you'd look in the mirror and you wouldn't even recognize yourself. Do you know that way? Like I remember my hands were so badly bruised. My feet, my legs, because you'd just be kicking lumps out of you. I must have nobody around, nobody. Um, in Canada, there'd be people around, but they'd always be kind of saying, like, it's not our business, because they knew who he was as well. And, like, at the time, I didn't know who he was. He told me he was a, he owned apartment blocks, which he did, but he also did a lot more than that, and people were scared of him, do you know? I remember his own mother, he, like, so this was one night, I'll give you an example. I asked, could I go see my friend for an hour? I had to ask because he wouldn't allow me if I didn't. So I asked him, could I go to see my friend for an hour? He was like, yeah, no problem. The whole way I knew there was an issue with it because you could just tell by his face you were going to get the repercussions, as he always said. Um, and I mean, he dropped me off. He was in the height of it. And it was an hour had gone by. I text, can I just stay for another hour? Because I hadn't seen her in over a year. And he was like, no, I'm outside now. Come down, get your stuff. And I was like, no, like, look, I haven't seen her in a, in a year. Let me just have um, just another hour. And I promise I'll be out then after. And he was like, yeah, Grant, just come down and get your bag. So I just, I knew in my gut that wasn't the way it was going to end. Like, he wasn't just going to give me my bag and I could come back upstairs. So I asked my friend, could you come down with me? And she stood at the, it was all a big glass building. So she stood at the glass, like, watching out. And I went and I didn't put get into the car. I literally went, I had the, the window open. I stuck, went to get my bag. And he goes, no, 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 come around, talk to me first. So I stuck my head in the window and was like, what's up? He didn't even give me a chance to like, it was, I can't explain how he, everything happened so quick. Basically, I stuck my head in the window. He grabbed me by the scruff, wrapped my hair around his hands, then put his foot on the accelerator and started speeding down the road. So my body was out the outside. He's speeding down the thing. There was a car behind him trying to beep to get him to stop. While he had me at the scruff, while he was steering, he'd get his hand, let his hand off the steering wheel and just keep punching me in the face. Um, and then he brought me to a lake in the middle of nowhere. Bear in mind, it was like January. So it was full of snow. Um I was on my own in by this lake with him. He had his gun out. I had slides on and like I was in pajamas like and I all I kept thinking was fight or flight. So I started running because he had the gun to my head telling me he was gonna shoot me there and then. So I ran through the woods of like this area, ran through them, got to the main road. By the time I got to the main road I thought I seen a car that could help me. It was only his car. So then he told me to get into the car. I wouldn't. So he dragged. I was trying to make a scene. I was hoping mm. someone had a scene that like it would help me. But no one did. Um, so then I got into the back of the car. And I'll never forget. Like I used to always send my locations to people just in case. Especially my mum. I remember texting my mum at one point. And like I actually don't know if I'm going to make it. But I'm here. <laughs> okay. Like you need to find me. I don't know why I'm getting so upset. Caitlin. <laughs> this is... This is just horrific. Don't be worrying. It's like, yeah. 
I can't stop shaking. <laughs> and at home, is your ma aware that, you know, you're in a bit a bit of trouble over there? Like, you know, that's how we... I never told her, but my mom's a bloody... <laughs> she's some woman, mm. because she just knew. So she was on to, like, the Canadian embassy. She was on to everything, trying to get me home. I didn't actually know that. She was having my phone tracked and trying to, like, constantly... Um, I think she knew, but she didn't know to what extent, you know. But she definitely did help, because if it wasn't for her... She would, she'd have gotten me out in no time, but I just didn't trust anyone to tell them, do you know? Mm. Um, but my mum not a fool, so I can't mm. hide much from her. So you sent her the message to say, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Yeah, um, I've done that a few times, because <laughs> mm. I didn't know. Um, one point, like, there was another time we were actually here, and um, it was the night that I got engaged, and he... I rang my mum and he didn't realise that I was on the phone to my mum and I had the phone on the bed and he literally just came in and lifted me up by my neck and then my mum could hear everything that was happening which was killing me because she could hear the thumps, the screams, the kicks, the choking, she could hear it all and then my mum ended up going into hospital that night, I thought it was a heart attack but she had just she was so stressed that she needs they had to call an ambulance and everything because she was just it was a really bad anxiety attack but like it was so bad that they she thought she was having a heart attack and that's when and even at that I told him that that had happened and I told him um and he told me that basically it's my own fault because I shouldn't have been on the phone and if I had kept our business to ourselves this wouldn't be happening she wouldn't be in hospital but it's always the guilty even though he was the person that was hitting you and doing all this this shit he was putting that blame on you and then I'm not gonna lie I felt it because it's my mum do you know what I mean so like I wasn't taking what he was saying lightly he was isolating you 100% big time he didn't want me to have friends he didn't want my family around Eventually, when I got to the point where my family had to fall back because they couldn't watch me get hurt anymore, and my friends were the same, he loved that. And he was like, see, I have your back 100%. All these people, they just fall off when they want. I'll never leave you. I'll never do this kind of thing to you. And I would believed it. But by the end, I just started, like, getting repulsed by him. Mm-hmm. You know? Every, like, because he promised me, and I know I'm going to sound like an idiot, well, he promised me that once I had Aaliyah, he'd have stopped. And, like, the car situation, that was only when I knew, I only found out I was pregnant. So, like... And I, he knew? Did he know you were pregnant? No, okay. but it was only that I knew that, like, I was. Um, it was only then that when I came home, because I, I had the excuse of COVID, that was my why I came home. Was so, he Canadian? Yeah. And did he come home with you? no. So okay. I said, I had to come home, like, I'm going to stay with my mum while I was pregnant, which was perfect, because I knew then she'd have been safe as well. Um, and then he came here when I was six months pregnant, which was grand. He actually was fine. I think that was the best time we've had since we were together. And I thought, like, that was it. Like, he's really changed. And then... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It was only when Aliyah was here then. He was so jealous of her. It was insane. I actually couldn't comprehend it because I was just like, how are you jealous of your own child? He'd always be like, you're putting that little bitch before me. And I'm like, how are you even calling your child a bitch? Like, she's a baby, do you know mm. what I mean? Um, you like, you're putting her before me. So much so that like, I used to have to hide in the bathroom with her in the bath because he'd be banging down the door with a knife. Or I remember he blinded me one day and I was going into work and I had a big fucking bandage on my what eye. Did, what did he do? Um, well, he was just like, I was, he was kicking home out of me and whatever way he hit me, something with my, the actual part yeah. of where I could see uh, was damaged. So I had to go to the opticians and get um, that sorted and bandaged. But it took two weeks, I think, for it to come back to like normal. And for him, like, I just like, absolutely like no excuse whatsoever what any of this and I'm not what I'm saying is that he's um him being so brave in Canada because you're away from everyone but then for him to come here yeah in Ireland where you live where your family are and doing all that to you as well and they had them all filled like he was such a people person everyone that met him loved him he was like I think that's another thing that attracted me to him. Like, he was just such a real, like, good time. Like, he was just such a not good person to everybody else. But behind closed doors, he was just an absolute monster. And he used to always say that, like, he had tattooed on his hands God's gift. So he'd be like, you ready to get God's gift? And I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Um, and what, was there hospital appointments? Was there, like, was your ma seeing these bruises? Or were you talking, like... Were you mm. away from your ma? Is that when they started to pull back or what? Tell me. Um, no, well, my little brother would get upset because he'd be like just verbally every day just abusing me. And my little brother would hear her and my brother would go down to my mom and say to her, 
and I just didn't understand like why people were getting upset because I was like yours aren't in it if I'm able to handle it why are you getting upset um but I do now because obviously I'm out of it and like I'd hate to see Aaliyah I don't think my mom fears if um, Aaliyah ever gets into that because she's mm-hmm. like I fear what you do do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but like I just wouldn't stand for it but I can completely understand why and I I'm kind of glad that they pulled away because if they hadn't pulled away I don't think I'd have, I needed that do you know what mm. I mean it was gave me a realization of like I literally have nobody on only this person and this person's the one that's hurting me so I need to get out of there like the last draw for me was Aaliyah he was so jealous of her we were in Temple Bar at the time um but he was so jealous of her that he I hate even saying it he held her over the balcony in Temple Bar and I remember just I don't even know how I got from like A to B to C it was just mama bear I think took over because it was just pure adrenaline I remember getting her off him she was strapped into her thing I actually couldn't tell you how it got from there to there but the one thing that I do remember is however I got her out of his arms and into her seat and strapped all I remember was I was on top of him and I just kept choking him and I just was like I was so like it was like everything that he's done to me to then do try to hurt her it just like overcome me and I just couldn't help or like strangle him you know like I was just so hurt and I, I'm not proud of that at all but it was the only thing that like that was my time I had to go you know I'm like she <laughs> you're so good like you you really are so good because the thing is that we don't realize that these t- things are happening constantly to so many people yeah around Ireland around the world we don't know nothing we don't know any any of this and it's so important for stories like your story to be told so that a girl can be like oh well I listen to that or a mom yeah going through this can be like I listen to that and getting your daughter to listen to that and saying look look at this girl look what she's done look how amazing she is look how brave she is and I know a lot of people say I'm not brave like I'm and a lot of people don't like survivor words as well do you know what I mean but to say like look she got out of it and look at her she's gorgeous you can do this too do you know yeah. what I mean um and where did you go that day when you left well it was so that happened say I'm just gonna pretend it happened on like a Sunday mm. I was in work the next day so I actually watched the maid on Netflix I had been watching that and I started taking little tips because I actually didn't know at the time that there was like I knew about women's aid but I didn't know how you got the help when you needed it. So I watched the maid, kind of started comparing my situation to her, and then was taking notes. So during, while I was staying with him, before the night happened, I him holding Aaliyah over the thing, I started putting little things into my car. And so he wouldn't have noticed, I'd put it in her baby bag, put it into my boot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, the night that that happened then I just kind of started putting things away in separate bags her baby bag my handbag whatever I made sure there were big bags as well do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I put uh the next morning I was going to work and it was like seven and I remember I remember just like sitting in the car and like I was shitting myself even calling them I don't know why but I remember just being absolutely rattled that I'm actually going to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> um I rang them, I explained my circumstances and 
they got me into a refuge there and then that evening they told me not to go back it was too dangerous and they'll have a spot for me and Aaliyah that evening so I stayed there for a few weeks he hadn't left yet and the guards were out looking for him they couldn't find him apparently well I don't know where he went but I think he went up north or something to get a flight because they had no record of him leaving Ireland from Dublin um but even though he left, say, I don't know if he did or whatever at that time, but he, when I was in the refuge, he had given some girl, told some girl to ring the refuge to let them know that they, he knew where I was. And that was then shy because they had to get me out of the refuge then and move us again into an emergency accommodation. Um, and then after that, he... I had, had him blocked and everything, so, like, he couldn't get in contact with me. But I was on my nerves. Every car that was in behind me, I was thinking he had someone following me because he said that he was going to do that. And I'd seen a lot with him, so I wasn't putting him past him. Do you know that way? Um, nobody got away with anything with him. So even me doing this, like, I feel like I'm doing it because I just want to be a big, like, fuck you. <laughs> do you yeah, know? Yeah, You're not going to yeah. stop me mm-hmm. saying the truth. So, um, yeah. That's it, I can't remember where my train of thought And went. so, what is it like when you're in the refuge and then you're told you need to get out because he's on the way? It's fucking terrifying. Like, you're already so stressed. You're depressed. You, you feel like your whole world is crashing down. And then you get told that on top of it and you're just like... You just... Honestly, I don't know, like, how I'm still here because the amount that man put me through, I was getting such severe PTSD that I'd be like crashing but on purpose to try not be here do you know what I mean like crashing your car yeah like when I say like there'd be a song come on it would trigger me and then I just think I see him and then I'm my foot and I just wouldn't even be thinking straight like I definitely I don't know I've learned a lot from the experience but like the reason that I'm doing the podcast are because I want other girls to realize you don't have to put up with that do you know what I mean you need to get out when you want to get out and you don't have to explain yourself and at what point then do you contact your mom and say i'm out i'm away i didn't did you know no i think i was just so hurt like they were aware of what was happening but i was like i was embarrassed as well i'm not gonna lie i was just fucking mortified <laughs> i was absolutely mortified because i i had to get out of it and like i was so he always made out that like we we were each other like ride or dies, right? So like I always thought that I was gonna stick by him, regardless. So and I said that to everybody as well, regardless what he does, I'm sticking by him. That's it. So it was just the embarrassment of coming out of it and then having to be like, Okay, you're right, I wasn't okay. That that was shit. <laughs> it was mm. just pure embarrassment. That's tough. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah, <laughs> I'm dead here. <laughs> Your poor ma, she must have been up the walls about everything for you, do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, she was. She's at ease now, but mm. like, got over. She was definitely stressed all the time. She didn't trust him, and I don't blame her. Like, he was constantly out to get me. Didn't He didn't want me to be succeeding. He was constantly trying to second guess, like, make me second guess myself and second guess my capabilities of anything. 
So, like, even when I said I wanted to do the makeup, it was just kind of like, all right, yeah. Like, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. Mm. Or, it was never serious. And, like, my mom hated that because she was always such a big, like, my mom's a real hype woman, you know. Mm. She doesn't she doesn't want you. She was, like, my biggest supporter for a long time. So it was weird then when I'm with someone and he's not even my biggest supporter. It's kill, it killed me and her, do you know mm. what I mean? And then when did you find out that he was gone and is he gone? Um, I actually never like got confirmation, but it was just I know now he's in Canada because he's reached out over the over the years. Um, not for me, but for Leah. But even at that, sometimes I feel like he manipulates the situation with Leah as his daughter just to try get to me. Do you know that way? Like already, he was on the phone there like last week. Um, and like that, I've set her phone so that he can ring her on the phone or whatever and I could hear her like I was they were talking or whatever and I me and Aaron we could hear what he was saying and he's there like oh uh your mommy's crazy isn't she like don't make your mommy mad she's crazy or he turns around and says why don't you try break your mommy's finger like well how is that funny to a three-year-old do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it's just not and even Aaron was getting frustrated because he's just like that's not appropriate to be even saying it's not funny mm. like fair enough if it was like a haha moment but he's like no go try break your mommy's finger it's just weird you know and would you ever just cut off ties i want to but then i also want Aaliyah to have the option herself she'll know like one day and then when she does know that day she'll be able to say you know but i don't want to be that barrier either between them having a relationship because he has other kids in canada and they were always like they were always good. There, he, he is good with his kids, but to what extent? Like if he's holding baby over a balcony, you know. Mm, that's mm. why I'd rather be over, over a phone than actual in person visits. Mm. If I so, I'm happy. Out. If he just wants to ring, that's fine. And she has brothers and stepbrothers and sisters, obviously yeah. over in Canada as well. Yeah, which is shocking because they were cute kids. Mm. They don't deserve not knowing their sister because the dad can't control himself. You know. And. Talking about now, you know, and you said that to me coming up, like you still get, even though he's away and he's still in Can- he's in Canada, the terror when the phone does ring or what you were like every time if your phone rings, that's why you went and got the separate phone. Yeah, I had to because the anxiety, it would put you through. Like I, every time I saw his phone, I think my face would be just in pure shock. <laughs> I'd be just staring at it and then I'd be like what do I do and I don't know what to do because I'm like I want I don't want to have to answer it but it was just mm. seeing his name oh my god every time he rang and it, it sounds ridiculous because it's like of course he's gonna ring for the child mm. but like every time I saw the phone the name on my phone it'd either be dropped and I'd be shook and I'd be shaking with fear it just sounds ridiculous but it does happen and I know so many girls that's happened to it as well that they do get that fear and anxiety and PTSD everything comes back when you're that one person's name pops up on your phone. And when did you start loving yourself again? And when did that when did that turning point come for you? Okay, so that I'd say I've been working on myself for about a full year and like a few months. But it was when, say, not September gone, September before, I just looked around. Did you ever just like look in the mirror? You're looking around and you're like, this isn't the life I want. I was real depressed. I didn't know my 
my house was in bits like mm. I was just a mess and I started to feel like I didn't want if I couldn't live for myself I had to make sure I could live for Leah, if anything so I needed to make sure that I could get little things done so I started making say a little checklist of like little things and when I say little things it'd be like stick a wash on get the dishwasher on clean down the counters wash the floors and I started making a routine of that every week right how hard is that it was very hard. I know people probably mm. think it's easy, but when you're so down on yourself, actually having to pull yourself out of bed and do something, it was like those little tasks, I felt like I've achieved something. So those gave me something that I wanted to keep feeling. And I didn't know that those little things could make me feel like that. So doing those things definitely helped. Then I started building a routine. Then I started being like, okay, I can do a bit more now with myself. So then I wanted to work on my mind because I just was scrambled. I couldn't, I couldn't think straight because I had no clear thoughts. So I peeled it back. I got myself a journal, peeled it back and was like, how did I feel as a child? What did I want to do as a child? I always wanted to be a makeup artist. So I wrote that down and then I wrote down all the things that I felt when I thought about doing that. And it was all good and positive things. So then I was like, okay, like how this is going. So then I'd be like, I'll do that every week so then it would say on a Sunday I started reflecting so it'd be like what did I do what did I achieve this week then what could I have done better and then I'd take accountability because the only way you can grow is taking accountability so then I started being like oh where did you learn that it was pure for myself because mm. I couldn't I don't know no one told me that I just was like if I don't recognize my wrongs I'll never get it right do you know it's clever isn't it it's just how the mind switches sometimes yeah. but 100% because I was I always wanted to be able to do that but it was like only I only to the, I got to a point that I was like I can do it do you know and even at that like getting those little things done making those every and I still journal to this day because it's the only thing that unscrambles my mind I have clear thoughts for a new week do you know what I mean like definitely journaling helps and I even like made sure that when I was writing things down I could obviously write down negative, but I always made sure I didn't. So even when I wrote things about myself that I wasn't too proud of, I'd write in about how I could have done it better in a positive way rather than focusing on a negative. So now I have a literally a journal just full of positive things that I've done for myself. But like, I can't read back on all the negative because it doesn't matter because I've grown so mm. much now, do you know? Mm. And that's all that matters to me. And it I doesn't think serve you at all. It doesn't. Mm. So like, that's why I would love, I'd love girls to just see that for themselves. Like just to, Peel it back for as far as it's been a child, realizing what you wanted to be when you're older. Because sometimes you can get lost in the sauce, especially when you're getting older. You don't mm. you forget what you really wanted to do with your life, you know. Mm. And that's what happened to me. I completely lost touch of myself. I nearly became a character than a human when I was with him because I was confrontational. I became someone I didn't want to be. He had completely changed me to the person. He morphed me how he wanted me, my style and everything, you know, like. So, like, just those, taking those little powers back into my own hands and being able to just serve myself and not anyone else and just be who I want to be 100% real. Do you know what I mean? Tell me about your makeup. My makeup. I love my makeup. Mm, I love it too. It's gorgeous. <laughs> um, no, I just love doing it. I just mm. freelance now. I was working in Sculpted. Um, absolutely loved working there. Just with Leah. Obviously, I had to cut back hours. But yeah, I'm working for myself now and like... When did you realise you're good at it? Like when were you like, oh my God? I've always been into it. Yeah. So like I'm half Lebanese and 
I was obsessed when I was a child. My family go to Beirut, and they bring me back all their like um, bridal magazines. Yeah. And, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So they bring mm. back all these like glamorous beauty magazines, and I was just blown away by how he can make someone that looked like like one part to then this like absolute goddess, you know. Yeah. So that was where I and I was always into art. I always drew faces. So like I need to turn that on. So on, you're okay. No, you're okay. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, so I. Yeah, I always was knew that I wanted to be a makeup artist. I always was into art, always into faces, and it was always what I wanted to do. So, yeah, definitely went Ebony aside. And then growing up, we, I had worked in Mac in got, got my qualification. See, I did it when I was in school as well. So I did, like, when I was in school, I did, like, after-school courses mm. in LA Makeup Academy. Then when I finished school, I went on, got my eye tech. It was always what I wanted to do. I never, like, steered from it until all the other stuff happened. Mm. But then that's when I was like, if I really want to serve myself, what did I actually want to be? So I had no purpose, and now I feel like I've got my purpose back, mm. even if it is just to paint faces, you mm. know? <laughs> but that's it. How's Aaliyah? Aaliyah, she's brilliant. Mm. Oh, she's brilliant. But, like, even at that, if I hadn't taken her out of that situation, she wouldn't be half the child she is now. Like, she's just constantly so happy. She wakes up happy, goes to sleep happy. She has her tantrums, don't get me lo- mm. don't get me wrong, but she's still such a happy kid. And I just know that if I had to stay in that situation, she'd be completely different. I don't think she'd be a shell of herself, do you know? What advice now would you, for coming <coughs> through it all and being through it, what advice now would you give, A, someone who's probably in the middle of it, or and B, the family that's watching this going on? Um, to the family just be there even if you've had enough and you're hurt and you've you just want to wipe your hands clean of it even just be there in the background and letting them know so that when they do want to leave they have somebody and a safe place to go um it can be hard when you feel like you've left the person and just speaking from experience it's a really low time as it is when you're getting out of it so you do need your closest people there that do care about you so just be there it may not be like constantly but even just in the background giving texts or rings or letting them know that they can call you or text you whenever they need just be there and like this is the thing like I think it's like not ringing and constantly going you know what's just ring hi how are you just so that that person knows well actually I can't pick up the phone that's it literally just something simple like that and it does help because I know I had one friend that was constantly there and even though she wasn't happy about hearing things I knew I could go to her and that she there was no judgment there was no mm. like you need to do this you need to do that it was none of that she just listened I felt heard and that's I think that's all you need when you have are in a situation like that so just be that person for the people you care about um and then for the women that are in it if there's one thing I could say is just look in the mirror that is what I done a lot when I was in the situation. Just look in the mirror and look at you. But do you actually see yourself? Because I guarantee you don't. And that's not your fault. But you can 1000% get out of it. Women are 100% a community. So whether you have your family or not, there's women out there that will help you. Like the likes of Women's Aid, even as Refuge. Like there's loads of places. So just give the police give me a text I'll even help you and guide you but even just get onto women's aid and ring them they'll help you in ways that you wouldn't even know in like always counseling kids 
everything they'll help you because we had um the girls from stop domestic violence ireland they were on the podcast and they were on at the start of last year and even up to two weeks ago we were in the middle of something and she was like i've got someone out she'd hear the podcast and she's like i'm in the middle of getting her out and i was like a year later yeah like this is why it is so important to keep talking for me to keep finding brave women like you that will come on and share your stories because it is an absolute pandemic out there now it people is stuck in situations i find and i could be wrong but this is just from my own like viewing of it i find like a lot of things are becoming normalized on like tiktok especially so like things that like this toxic behavior it's not normal mm. <laughs> like everyone loves a bit of toxic toxicity mm. but like to a point where you're getting battered or you're getting spoken to like you're a dog that's not right and i just think that pete especially because young people they don't realize these things that are trends can be someone else's reality mm. and it's not it's not funny it's not fair so like maybe just take a bit of pinch of salt that like these toxic men and toxic women they're actually just not good for you you know because it's mad i was a couple of years ago i was we were at an event and my friend's 15 year old was there and i was like oh any boyfriends and she was like no no and i was like oh how come and she was like oh no she's like my friend is with, with a fella and he's telling her what to wear he's like the love bombing and I, I do love that kids know what like red flags love bombing 100%. they know those terms now but she's like he's telling her what to wear every day telling her how to wear her hair she's not allowed. and I was like at 15 like, but I was so proud of her and I was like and I, I, do you see that do you see and she was like yeah we see it I was like does she see it and they're like no she doesn't see it um, and I was like that is like 15, 15. that's insane and someone being that coercive controlled behaviours yeah. from a 15 year old boy fucking mental now it is but that just shows you how like young it can come from to mm. and it goes to all ages like you're not safe mm. it doesn't matter what age you're you could be in that situation and you're just not safe so i do think though tiktok it's great in ways but like sometimes with the toxicity stuff it's mm. not great do you know yeah yeah i hear you i hear you and as well as that like social media like i'm just trying to keep immediate off it as much as i can but i'm i'm it's a losing battle but <laughs> as i said i'm doing just trying to have those conversations where i to say you know if that happens now and she's like mom stop please stop and i'm like i can't stop because that's the worry i have yeah but that's because we know what's out there as well do you know that way i think i'll probably be the exact same because i'm already like mm-hmm. with leah i'm like now if you say no you say no and that's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> but it is what it is um but i think you're right in what you said about going into schools and i think it's not to terrorize or it's not to frighten it's to save lives or save situations yeah i think as well like even if it's not say third years even like fifth and sixth years even just talking about them because they're going to be going into the real world then and they'll have these situations that they may not be as sure about what would they like it's some like i was 22 23 and i had a 40 20 year older man onto me do you know mm. so it's not like and like listen he didn't look his age but he's still 40 years old and knows what he's doing so i just think maybe not everyone is going to be in the same situation as me and maybe not everyone's going to be with a man that's 20 years mm. older than them but just having those like if i got taught about it maybe when i was that age i definitely would have been more aware and less naive you know how are you today i'm actually all right yeah like I still get upset and I still struggle with my anxiety 
which I never actually never struggled with as bad as I do now which is nuts um but other than that like things are just good I feel like I'm actually I've controlled my own life <laughs> which I've never been able to say mm. so I do I feel good about it good for you yeah. and on that note we leave it there okay <laughs> thank you so much for coming and sitting with me and I'm so glad that I seen this little beautiful creature walking into <laughs> the baths in Clontarf, wasn't it? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And I just had to go straight to you. Like, and I'm so glad I did no, because I we got too. to sit down here and do this. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.